Welcome to the Immigrant Computer Scientists podcast, where we talk to computer scientists who immigrated from their home countries for study or for work or for other reasons. In these oral history interviews, you will find established and renowned computer scientists from across academia and industry narrating their experiences of immigrating from where they grew up to a completely different land, often the US. My name is Indy Gupta, and I'm your host. This is a remix episode. As usual, you can find all episodes and detailed episode guides on our website, csimmigrant.org. Again, that's csimmigrant.org. And you can find us and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and basically wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is structured into acts or chapters. You'll find chapter markers on your audio player, and you can use these to jump between the acts or chapters. This is a remix episode. Alternate realities. Children grow up very differently in different parts of the world. Countries vary vastly in their education systems, opportunities, family and cultural norms, societal and political conditions, and in general growing up is unique in each country of this world. Immigrants who grew up elsewhere and who currently reside in the US or in Canada are often very well placed to make comparisons among these different systems across the world because they've experienced multiple systems. They grew up elsewhere and they see other children growing up in the US or Canada, perhaps their own kids, perhaps their nieces or nephews, or perhaps other students they teach. So, I asked several of my guests on the Immigrant Computer Scientists podcast during season two, a hypothetical question about alternate realities. First up is Regina Barzilai, professor at MIT, who as a double immigrant has a most unique viewpoint on this hypothetical question. Regina grew up in Moldova or Moldavia, a nation in East Europe. Then she immigrated to Israel in 1990, did her bachelor's in Israel, then she immigrated to the U.S. in 1997 as a housewife, but then did her Ph.D. in the U.S. Uh, the next question I want to ask is a little bit hypothetical, but I'll ask it anyway. So you grew up a little bit in Moldavia and then a little bit in Israel, and then finally you immigrated to the U.S. Did you ever think that, hey, if I had grown up in one country, maybe if I had grown up completely in the U.S., all else being equal, me being the same person, maybe my life and career may have been very different, or if I'd grown up completely in Israel from when I was a child, my life and career may have been different. Is this something that you ever thought of? I don't think about that. But what I do think about sometimes is like, you know, I was, you know, I think I was very privileged that I've seen so many different people in different countries and different attitudes. And they definitely all shaped my understanding of the world and helped me to be robust, you know, in all these different situations. Uh but, you know, the part that I am sort of lacking, I feel that, you know, that there are big parts of my life that that's how we started our interviews, that, you know, Kishinev lives in my head. It doesn't look like what is in my yeah. head for decades already. Yeah. Uh, um, and 
there are parts that are totally remote. I do not, you know, I cannot go to the school where I studied. I cannot connect to the people with whom I grew up. And that's what I really miss. I'm always wondering, you know, how are they doing? Uh, or, you, you know, and I remember some gardens that I really loved. I'm always thinking, how are these gardens? There is this feeling of something, this uh, nostalgic feeling that I have in me. But on the other hand, I'm thinking that somebody who even grew up in Boston, <laughs> Boston doesn't look uh, today what it was in 70s. So uh, this is what I miss. And I also sometimes me, you know, think that people who grew up in one place, they can connect to the place in a very different way than those of us who are replanted to these places. And, you know, and I was always wondering, how is it if you're really grounded in your environment and you have all these connections and you know exactly you know what this person was doing 10 years ago which i typically don't so but it's just you know one of the pathways that could have happened so the next voice is tal rabin head of research at algorand foundation and professor at upenn tal grew up in israel starting from the 1960s and immigrated to the U.S. in 1994 for her postdoctoral studies. You were born in the U.S. Imagining that you had stayed in the U.S. and had grown up through the U.S. educational system, early school, middle school, high school, and university here, and everything else being equal, you know, your, your personality, your life, your family, your parents, you think your life and career may have evolved differently than what it did? I think that... As I said, there were lucky points, right? At the end of my bachelor's, the problem that Michael gave me. Yeah. So I don't know if those two determining facts would have happened in another path. I don't know if there could have been something like that. I don't know. Mm. But I think I would have been different. I would have not been me had I not grown in Israel. My life in Israel, the relationships, the country, the smells, the sun, everything, the food, it's me. That is so beautiful. Next up is Jan Stoika, professor at UC Berkeley and founder of multiple immensely successful startup companies, Databricks, Conviva, and Anyscale. Jan grew up in Romania starting from the 1960s and immigrated to the U.S. in 1994 for his Ph.D. Here's my conversation with Jan Stoika. If instead of growing up in Romania in a parallel world, you had grown up, say, in the U.S. from when you were a child, all else being equal, you are the same person, family, support is there, everything else is there. Do you think your life and career choices may have been different? Professionally, no. I don't think professionally I would have been different. Especially since probably, you know, the emphasis on arts is probably even less here than United States, in, in Romania. Yeah. And in literature or things like that, for I was not that good to start with. Mm-hmm. So that was not my strength. But I think that growing up in Romania in a small country, I, I grew in a much more open society, despite the fact that it was communist right. towards the world. And if I'm just thinking about, is a one good, you know, one good things about communists, you know, you, you always need to, you, you can emphasize on the good parts because there was no way, you know, like to, to, 
there are very few ways to have fun, entertainment. Mm-hmm. By the way, you know, like in the last year, there are like, like two or three hours of TV per day. And these are just, you know, news, right? News about <laughs> the Communist Party. Yeah. So I read a lot, right? And literature, not, not you know. And so I read, you know, Russians, all the, like, uh, French literature, uh, German literature. So all of these things I was, uh, you know, had, uh, you know, my parents always bought all these books. And uh, I think that shapes you, right? And I think that if I were, if I grew here, for sure I would have been exposed much less to um, to this kind of more the world yeah. as a whole. And the last the other thing is that look, I mean, it was tough during communist, and you know sometimes maybe this makes you to want more something, to appreciate things, some things more, not take them for granted. So yes. that's probably also has a, has an impact, right? You know, makes you to have more grit, provides you more, uh, also makes you more resilient, right? When you yes. grow in a country, you see, you saw a revolution, you saw a shortage of food, of gas and things like that, you know, pretty much the yes. basics. You, you, you grow in a country in which, you know, to get a car, it takes years, right? And it's a big event, right? And what car, you know, it's like, it's a, so when you, when you grow in that environment, you know, it's like, like you talk about failures and hardships, you put them in, you can put them in perspective. So it, you know, it's, it has to do something like that. Or even here is another thing, like you go and, and probably this is in India as well, it's when you go at school, you are six years old. It can be, you know, it's, it's brutal, right? You have the grades are, everything is public, right? The grades are public. You are going to be asked in front of the, of the house, to, of the class to answer, to answer questions. Uh, you are, if, you, if you don't know, you are shamed and so forth. And it, it's again, it shapes you, right? By the way, as, as a matter of fact, I think that kids are extremely re- resilient because despite all of this, kids, we are still, everyone is still very happy. Right. Yeah. But, but still, you know, I, I don't know how, you know, like there are these things, intangibles, environment and context, which you don't control, which shape you. Next up is Radha Mihalcha. Professor at the University of Michigan and director of Michigan AI Lab. Radha grew up in Romania starting from the 1970s and immigrated to the US in 1997 for graduate school. Here's my conversation with Radha Mihalcha. If you had not grown up in Romania, but instead you had been born in the US, same family, everything else being the same, your parents being the same, and you had gone through the US educational system, you think your life and career may have been different? And this is a hypothetical question. Well, it's a good question, hard question. <laughs> I think they probably would have been different. Um, in terms of interest in math and 
languages, maybe not. In terms of values, I think would have been different. Uh, like what I value and what matters to me, I'm pretty sure that would have been very different. Um, so I grew up under a lot of hardship. And again, I don't say it for others to pity me because I don't pity myself. It's just a fact. Um, and I always saw the positives of it. Um, like I don't watch TV now because we didn't have any TV then. So I just grew up not having the habit of <laughs> sitting hours at a time in front of a TV. Um, I don't necessarily value these material things. I don't care too much about them. And I think it's because of those times. So as a value system, I think I would have been different passion-wise, not. The other thing that I wonder is to what extent sort of these gender gaps that we see here, to what extent they would yeah. have affected me. Um, they yeah. didn't as I was growing up. But here, I don't know. Sometimes they are a little bit more obvious than they were during my time in college. So yeah. that part, I don't know. I mean, I could see myself sometimes feeling that maybe that's not the place for me. I wouldn't give up because I don't like giving up, so I'm sure I would get back at it. Uh, but just in right. terms of experience, those feelings more often than I use in college, maybe that would be a difference. The next voice is Tamar Solorio, professor at the University of Houston. Tamar grew up in Mexico starting from the 1970s, and after finishing her PhD from Mexico, she immigrated to the U.S. in 2005 as a lecturer. Here's my conversation with Tamar Solorio. So looking back on your life, had you not grown up in Mexico, but had instead grown up completely in the U.S., do you think your life and your career choices may have been similar or would they have been quite different? It's a purely hypothetical question. I mean, I, I think about that scenario uh, not that early in life, um, I mean, just in general, I think the career choices would have been different. Um, the, the opportunities would have been different. Um, if that assuming that I am the same person that I am today, you know, yeah. because I'm, I'm really committed, yeah. I really want to do a good effort, and I really am competitive, and I want to do well. Um, but I do think about this in graduate school. Like I don't think about what would have happened if I moved, immigrated for for my PhD yeah. mm-hmm. instead of when I did. Yeah. Um, and I think that would have been very different. Mm. Um, not that I I would have ended up being a faculty professor, but I would have. I have. I think the path to my dream job would have been shorter if I had emigrated earlier because the opportunities would have been more uh, easily accessible. Right, right. So that awareness at that point um, of the PhD programs in the U.S. and those opportunities opening up would have changed your life quite a bit more. Quite a bit more, yeah. I'm not exactly sure about, you know, drastically more. Yeah. (laughs) It's hypothetical. Yeah. Um, it's just in general, I, it's, I often feel like I have so many gaps in other areas of my life, like growing up, believe, living here in the U.S. and uh, growing up a family here, I have like this, I feel like I'm constantly feeling these gaps in context and the cultural background. Um, sometimes it's exhausting, um, mm-hmm. but 
that's what we do, right, as immigrants. We're always trying to, oh, okay, so this is what we're supposed to do. Oh, okay, so this is now what we're supposed to do. Oh, and this yeah. is what happens now. And, you know. Yeah. It's, it's a very common immigrant feeling, um, missing some of the cultural references that get brought up. Um, yeah kind of trying to find out hey what is this cartoon that they're referring to from the 1980s or whatever exactly <laughs> exactly next up is Moshe Vardi professor at Rice who grew up in Israel in the 1950s to 1980s and immigrated to the US in 1981 for a postdoc my next question is a little bit hypothetical um, but I'll ask it anyway uh, so you grew up in Israel and then, you know, you did your bachelor's, master's and PhD there. And then eventually you moved here to the U.S. and you stayed here. Uh, if in a parallel world you had been born in the U.S. and you had gone through the U.S. educational system, um, all that's being equal, you're the same person, you have the same kind of family. Uh, do you feel like your career and your life may have been different? And again, this is a hypothetical question. Um I mean, it's kind of not completely hypothetical in the, in the following sense that uh, both of my parents are Holocaust survivors. Mm. They met in what's called a DP camp in Germany. DP stands for displaced persons camp. The, the, ally, the allies, there were so many people who were displaced in the war that the allies created the places where these people can come and settle mm. down and then figure out where they're going to go from here. Mm. So my parents met in a displaced persons camp. And my father wanted to go to America. There was America was to be the golden, the golden state, the golden country. You go there and life is good. Um, Israel was no Israel yet, and yeah. there was fairly clear it's going to be a war. Yeah. And in fact, I had my mother had a brother, and he lost his wife and daughter in the Holocaust. And he said, "I cannot, I cannot stomach another another war." And he came to the United States. Mm. And my mother said to my father, we're going to go to Israel, to Palestine. And they went to Palestine and had to fight a war. They, they, went to, they came to Israel. Uh, my mother in late 47, my father in early 48. Mm. And there was a war. They, both, they had to fight in the, what we call the, the 48 war. We call it the, the war of independence. Okay. Mm. Um, but... I could not so far to imagine a scenario where they decide to go to America. Okay, right, right. and I'm born in America. I think growing up in Israel probably gave me, you know, there is a phrase, tough time make a strong men, strong people. Strong people create successful times. Successful time create weak people. We people create hard times. Okay, <laughs> it's a full cycle. <laughs> it's a cycle. It's a cycle. So growing up, um, growing up in Israel, as I said, you know, having to as a child dealing with terrorism, like at age from age twelve, re the realization that there's some people who want to kill me, yeah. and this, you know, you can think what you want about the the, the conflict and what what right. to do about it, but the reality is, at the end of the day. It doesn't matter. It is somewhat traumatizing, and I'm sure it is also traumatizing to Palestinian children. I'm not trying yeah. to, to, to take yeah. any of this yeah. away. Okay? Yeah. And, but growing like that, you know, uh, serving, serving in the military, uh, where you learn both uh, discipline and responsibility and also leadership, 
I mean, it's hard for me to separate who I am. Right. I mean, yes, of course, there is. We, we all know about this nature versus nurture. But the answer it is both. Yes, I come to the world with a certain uh, genetic uh, imprint, and this genetic imprint is just potential to do certain things. Will you do these things or not? Right. Okay. Right. So it's very hard to. Uh, yeah. To, to say what I, I would be like. I mean, here, for example, I, especially in, the, in academia, I have leveraged my, my uh, academic freedom and tenure, and I had very open disagreements with the administration here. Yeah. And I did not shy from such very open disagreements. I have tenure, but again, they, you know, I mean, it's just, I know other people with tenure that would, wouldn't do that. So. I can't tell you exactly, but I said, you know, this is, you know, people tried to kill me before, so this is this is not so bad. They're not going to kill me. They're upset at me. They're not going to kill me. You know, yeah. I won't get a raise. It's not so bad as being killed. So, so you cannot separate. You you grow up in Israel, and it shapes me shapes me as I am. And finally, we have Ricardo Baeza Yates, professor at Northeastern University in Silicon Valley and also leader of multiple Yahoo Labs across four continents. Ricardo grew up in Chile in South America, starting from the 1960s. But he's lived and worked on four continents, Europe, South America, Asia, and North America. Here's my conversation with Ricardo Baeza Yates. I want to ask uh, a hypothetical question. So you grew up mostly in Chile and then you've spent a lot of your uh, time later in different countries. So you have kind of sampled these countries a lot. I want to ask, you know, in a parallel world, if you had not grown up in Chile, but you'd been the same person, all else being equal, family being equal, but suppose you had grown, grown up in Canada or maybe even in the U.S., do you think your life and your career choices may have been the same or would they have been different? Again, it's a hypothetical question. Interesting question. Never thought about it. At first, I think I, I think uh, maybe the, the choices would have been the same. But I would say that many things in my life would have been much easier. Mm. For example, uh, research funding in Chile in my first years were, was, was not like uh, being in the US or Canada. So I would say that maybe maybe my career could have been faster mm. if if I were in a developed country because of because of availability of resources. Although that you compete with more people, so you never know. Yeah. You never know if you are I don't know the tail of the lion or the head of the lion. Right. And, and that changes with the with the with the context. Right. Right. So it's very hard to to say, but I would say that that maybe many things many things would have been the same. Something for sure. If you ask me 30 years ago where I would be today, I would mm. have never guessed. So I would have never thought about about many things I've done just because I saw the opportunity and, and I took it. Right. Not only living in Spain or Canada, but also I have been my sabbaticals partly in in Australia, New Zealand, yeah. uh, and, and now in the U.S. So so yes, I have this sample of living in different places and also, as I said, uh, being in 80, 85 different countries. Mm shows you the diversity, the contrast. Yeah. I love to learn also when I go to a place and I, I don't know things. So I'm asking things all the time. And sometimes I ask silly questions. Other times I ask questions that people say, well, I never thought about that. And, and I may not know the answer. Like, for example, yeah. relations of uh, semantics of geographical names with history and so on, because I like geography and history. 
If you liked this episode, then you can also listen to the full interviews with each of these amazing technologists in season two of our show. That's in episodes 24 through episode 35. Each interview features the origin story of the technologist, their educational path, their decision and thoughts on immigration, obstacles they faced along the way, and a discussion on their retrospectives and perspectives. Check it out. Again, that's episodes 24 through 35 in season two of our show. As usual, you can find all episodes and detailed episode guides on our website, csimmigrant.org. Again, that's csimmigrant.org. And you can find us and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and basically wherever you get your podcasts. All the music used in episodes of the Immigrant Computer Scientist podcast is royalty-free. All voice recordings were performed with and are reproduced with full consent of narrators and participants. You can find music credits on our website. Join the online discussion about this podcast on all major social media, including Twitter and Facebook, with the handle CSImmigrant and hashtag CSImmigrant. And of course, the episode guide is available at our website, csimmigrant.org. This is the Immigrant Computer Scientists Podcast.